0: off the ball rugby
1: if you are looking at new zealand squads we shouldn't be afraid of this one compared to being afraid of other ones in the past <laughs> join in the obsession subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join the women's world cup show on off the ball with sure non-stop protection deodorant official sponsor of the fifa women's world cup 2023
0: now then, Spain are your World Cup champions. They were 1-0 winners against England yesterday morning in front of 75,000 fans in Sydney. They are first-time World Cup winners. Gavin Cooney of the 42 is still with us this evening. So many strands to this win. The one that I think probably stopped everyone in their uh, tracks was news of the captain, Olga Carmona, who scored the goal, really well-taken goal. Beautiful. Mm. Finished the Real Madrid left-back. 23 years of age and from one of the great days in her life to, as she said herself, the worst day of her life. So her father had been fighting an illness for some time. He passed away on the Friday, which is when I first heard the news, I presumed it may have happened the morning of the game or even during the game, but he had died on the Friday and her family, her mother, her brothers elected not to tell her. They flew out to Australia on Saturday to be with her when the news was broken to her. And she tweeted, it's incredibly moving. I mean, it's just uh, so dreadful. I know you've been watching me tonight and I know you're proud of me. Rest in peace, Dad. And to think of her father not seeing her do what she did in a World Cup. Yeah. Is just, she followed up on Monday and said yesterday, the best and worst day of my life. And uh, I can only imagine. So absolutely extraordinary
1: backdrop just Just astonishing. It's difficult to imagine that she scored that goal and celebrated without him entering her head. And it's also difficult to imagine that he didn't enter her head as she lifted the trophy or as she, you know, celebrated with her teammates with it, with a World Cup medal around her neck. Um, just astonishing. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I have no idea. You know, I, I initially, obviously, saw the tweet from the Spanish Federation last night and assumed in my ignorance that he had passed away that day. That it ha- had happened on the Friday. That's what, a day and a half, potentially two days before the final. Like, I have no idea, like, what's the right decision in that? I've n- like, there's no playbook for that and there's no right or wrong decision. Um, I just can't imagine. Well, like, as I'm referring to obviously whether to tell Carmona or not. Um, so that's extraordinarily difficult for the family to, to, lo- to lose the father in the first place and then have that added issue uh, to it. Um, and then, yeah, just a kind of a, a range of emotion that I don't think many people on earth will, will ever feel. Crazy. Crazy. I dare say it was the right decision. Yeah, i i've I've no idea. I mean, I
0: suspect I don't know anything about her father's illness. I don't mm. know was he uh, conscious and communicative up until his death, or uh, whether that wasn't the case. But um, I suspect lots of parents in that instance would say,
1: "Would shield,
0: yeah, let my daughter play the game. Don't you dare tell her." That's the kind of
1: yeah. You know, then well, it's, it's like, like it's such like to keep her in the dark keep her in the dark on it for a day and a half or potentially up to two days beforehand. That's You know, the there are family. things, family is more important than football. Um, yeah, I, I, sorry, I don't want to come across as kind of preaching what the right thing and the wrong thing to do is. I have no idea what the right thing or the wrong thing to do in that situation is. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, your heart goes out to the to the family and, and to, to Carmona. just, oh, yes. awful.
0: Uh, the game as a whole... There is a general sense that uh, Spain have won this World Cup by dint of, uh, well, similar qualities to the, their male counterparts during that golden age, not so long ago, technical superiority and ability to manipulate the ball, mm. tight spaces, passing range, quality, I suppose, uh, broadly.
1: Yeah, I oh know absolutely. Like, I mean, there were, I think there were six uh, Barcelona players starting in the men's team in 2010, and, and six Barcelona players starting uh, yesterday for uh, the Spanish women's team. I thought that this, the women's team had a bit more about them. To be honest, they had just a couple more dimensions to their play. I mean, they had Redondo able to run in behind and kind of make those kind of darting runs in off the right flank. She didn't have a great final, in fairness to her, mm-hmm. um, and they could also go along to Par- as a Paralejo, uh, the striker who was like he is a left-sided attacker as far as I'm aware um but obviously he is tall and has a brilliant touch so, so any time they could could get in a little bit of difficulty and England tried to press them they could go long but in saying that it was a win founded on like the spanish the best of spanish football that we've seen um you know since Guardiola took charge of Barcelona um, at the uh, in the men's team i mean bonmati is just a, like a dream of a footballer like she's uh and she she's got that ability to you know glide across the ground um in possession that Iniesta had and uh, she's got the ability to kind of just pass her way around anyone she's got a kind of pause almost kind of goad the opposition uh, into pressing her and then popping it off at exactly the right moment that javi had and she's also super athletic i mean she's 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 no need to be as fast as she is because she's so good in possession. But she's speedy regardless. So she is an absolute superstar and I think she encapsulates all the kind of Spanish... the qual When we think of kind of Spanish football qualities, I do think she encapsulates them. So, I mean, 1-0, I have to say, massively flattered England. I thought Spain were, were way too good for them. And what did you make of the English performance? I mean wasn't great. <laughs> I, ju- I just thought they were overwhelmed, to be honest. I, I, Michael Cox did a good piece of The Athletic saying, this is no time for scapegoats or hysterical reactions among the English press. No serene out. Uh, I don't want to see that trending, that kind of thing. Just they were beaten by such a better team. There was a um, the FIFA stats department um, published what was actually, un- I wasn't expecting it to be as good, uh, this kind of tactical guide to both the teams that they published ahead of the final and their stats showed that England no team had been put under less pressure when receiving the ball in midfield in England now how they measure that I'm not fully sure but it's an interesting stat but it definitely didn't survive the final because Spain pressed them and they just couldn't deal with it Uh, and then the second half it became very rudimentary it was Mm -hmm. very kind of route one which honestly I mean to be honest made sense didn't really understand why Alessia Russo was taken off because she had the pace and the ability to run in behind. I don't think Lauren Hemp really had that to the same extent. And then to see them chasing the game with Millie Bright up front, um and uh, it was a Beth England thrown on it thrown on as well. So two big strikers just to, to get it launched in the final we'll moments. Get Louise Quinn up there. I know, just I mean we scoff at Ireland doing it, but obviously England doing it in the World Cup final and it felt it did feel like a parody of the of the chasm between the two sides. I thought that uh um, obviously, there's the penalty save from Mary Earps, but I thought I thought honestly three potentially four 0 wouldn't have flattered Spain at all.
0: Okay, because I was recording the paper review in here yesterday, so I didn't w- get to watch the game. Mm. I've seen the goal, which, like I said, was beautifully taken, and I've seen Mary Earps save a penalty and then just tell the world at large to yeah. Go in do one in there was, there was a real
1: fashion. I mean we did see the kind of it was r- the real stuff of English bloody mindedness we also saw is it Alex Greenwood uh, Eric uh, come back on having taken a knee to the face come back on with a big bandage wrapped around her head and you're thinking god this is real English football stuff you know centre half's up front bandaged the other centre half is bandaged uh, together uh, the uh, goalkeeper is raging against ever, anyone in front of her um, Terry Butcher was not yeah but the be- the best of English bloody mindedness had nothing to nothing to compare with the best of Spanish football Okay Because I, I Again I've been maybe
0: Working under the Misapprehension That The English women's team Was full of
1: sophistication no, And they you are, you know fairness, They are Individually I think Like Kira Walsh And Georgie Stanway are, are brilliant midfielders And like Lucy Bronze Is at Barcelona But just as a team They couldn't They couldn't compete With that level of cohesion And that, that Level of technical Excellence I thought that they They just couldn't deal with it um, And also they're I mean, tactically, in fairness, like, I mean, Serena Vigman is a kind of a genius coach, but she was tactically outmaneuvered by the reviled uh, Jorge Vilda.
0: What is our understanding of what's happening here? The context for this entire tournament is that there was a mutiny of sorts against Jorge Vilda over the past year or so. Fifteen players walked away. I'm not exact on numbers as to how many stayed away. Certainly four, Mm. if not several more. But a considerable uh, quotient of players stayed away. Now, in the celebrations, there were screen grabs of the pitch, which showed the players celebrating in the penalty area and the coaching staff celebrating on the sideline. Now, to be fair, that was just a photo. So I couldn't quite tell if that was, you know, immediately at full time, when in fairness, the coaching staff would celebrate together. The players would be in the same part of the pitch. Um, but then you read different reports which say that certain players refused to even look at their coach in the moment of glory and the celebrations. Others feel very indebted to him. Apparently, Carmona, the goalscorer, yeah. does. There is also talk of a Real Madrid-Barcelona rift. It seems... The in th- that's, the purest, that's the purest of Spanish yeah, I mean, football now, yeah, I have to say. Uh, show me a Spanish team. <laughs> but it, it, does, se- it seems, does seem as if the issue... With Jorge Vilda, is that they find his coaching methods, or some of the players find his coaching methods antiquated? Yeah,
1: that seems to be it. And they um, they also said that you know his uh, his coaching methods were having a, a negative impact on their emotional state and their health. But um, we've seen this in several other nations in Europe in particular like we've seen it with, with France ahead of the World Cup I mean uh, Wendy Renard basically retired and said she wasn't coming back until Connie Diacre was uh, was booted out and the French Federation so, Sorry to interrupt you, you are
0: dead right there is a real degree of assertive public player power in the women's game Yeah, Vera Powell obviously uh, yeah. you know, can attest to that after experience at Houston Dash without making a, a a judgment either way as to what was going on there. But certainly the Houston players talked about it. France talked about it. This Spanish situation uh, really does seem to
1: bubble up routinely. Yeah, I think it's because I kind of think women's football is as much a protest movement still as it is a sport. I mean, players, you say players are empowered to kind of um, speak out for themselves more often, but they've had to. I mean, I I don't know if they're empowered, but they're doing it. But they're doing it. I mean, and they feel, okay. maybe uh, do they feel the confidence to do it maybe, maybe not but I think they just feel the need to do it I mean, the, something like I think half I tally them up like half the teams going to this World Cup had been in some open dispute with their federation since 2015 so the, like the Australia team pulled out of a US tour went on strike over paying conditions we know obviously Ireland threatened strike in 2017 Denmark struck, um, withdrew from two friendly games during uh, negotiations over uh, for equal pay Argentina went on strike in 2018 their federation didn't replace the manager after the previous World Cup, didn't even play a game for two years. So they had to go on strike to fix that. Um, the US team literally sued their own federation for uh, for equal pay. The New Zealand players, 13 New Zealand players, I think it was, in 2019 signed a letter saying they wouldn't play under the, under the current coach, similar to like w- Wendy Renard stepping away from France. Saying that she wouldn't play for Diacre until she was removed. She was removed. Herve Renard came in and and Wendy Renard uh, returned. Yes. Like, there's, this is general all over the women's team. Jamaican so. team letter as well about the lack of
0: support. I'm not trying to outdo you, but I it read the um, Guardian preview at the start of the tournament and it was just highlighting this trend in the game. Yeah. And I'm mean, I amazed this wasn't like a scandal, handbreak up. Well, we need to examine this before we go any further. So at the on the eve of the tournament, I haven't heard anything otherwise since, but the Zambian coach, Zambia played a friendly against Ireland mm. pre-tournament, the Zambian coach was accused of sexual misconduct and one player told the Guardian if he wants to sleep with someone, you have to say yes. It's normal that the coach sleeps with the players in our team. And the Zambian FA had handed it over to FIFA and FIFA weren't saying very much. And I, I like you yeah. laugh
1: because it's so uh, mad that that situation just seems to have Tru- yeah, trundled into the World Cup. Yeah, it's crazy. And some injured country reporting in the in Forbes, I think it was published today. I read it today anyway. Uh, that he's being reassigned to a me- uh, to a men's team job in the Zambian FA rather than being you know dismissed. Okay. Um. So it's it's more it's like it's indicative more broadly that this is still a a men's world. Yeah. And we saw it like Luis Rubiales, the Spanish president. Like his behavior after Spain won them won yesterday was appalling. Like kissing Jenny Hermosa on the mouth during uh, this um, trophy presentation. She admitted afterwards that she did not like that. There was this weird, he gave this weird kind of Simeone style, thrusting gesture and celebration I didn't in the see corporate that. box. So th-
0: the kiss I did see, we'll move on to uh, Ruby Alice then. The kiss I did see on Hermosa it was kind of like a Neville on skulls mm. grabbed by the cheek. Kiss, and then yeah, the video emerged of him appearing to grab his crotch, uh, making an obscene gesture near the Spanish queen and her teenage daughter when the goal was scored. Is that it, or was it full yeah. time? I didn't. So what's what? What was the obscene gesture?
1: That was that was it. That he's thrusting is. That he's thrusting his crotch into the night sky, right? Basically, like Emmy Martinez. Ultimately, even Emmy Martinez felt bad about doing it in Qatar, uh, when he was celebrating winning the Golden Glove last year. Like this guy's at work; (laughs) it's it's crazy behavior. The head of the organization. I know, and then which is doing a bloody good job. The organization is the strange. Like you'd be sitting here going, "Well, what are Spain getting so right here? Something I know incredibly well. It's 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 probably the product of investment at club level, really. And like, there's, you know, it is. Of all that kind of context of, uh, you know, rebelling players and, and teams threatening strike action, very few of the federations uh, remain stubborn and Spain were the outlier. Like Vilda is still in charge. They did seem to kind of almost glory in his success as much as the teams afterwards, tweeting like Vilda in with a picture of him with the uh, mm. with the trophy afterwards. And, you know, many some players returned, others didn't. Um, you do wonder, you know, what, what's in the head of those um, those players who stayed away. Like that's a very, very difficult I situation. I would say they were heartbroken.
0: Yeah. Imagine watching the team win a World Cup, that coach win a World Cup, if you've had legitimate qualms, and yeah. then you just sit through that. Uh, Rubiellas, the FA president, was uh, asked to apologise. There was a mass criticism initially from politicians and various people in Spanish media. Uh, he said anyone who criticised him was an idiot. And then, obviously, 24 hours later came yeah. the video apology. I've no doubt made a mistake, I have to admit it, at a moment of maximum excitement without any bad intention or bad faith. What happened happened in a very spontaneous manner. I repeat, without bad faith on either side. I mean, I don't think anyone's either accusing side. Hermoso of <laughs> bad faith. I mean, <laughs> I, I just I don't want Hermoso to be blamed <laughs> for this, says Rubiales. Um, we didn't understand really what occurred afterwards because we saw it as something normal and natural. Uh, but it's caused controversy in some sectors and some people appear to have been upset and
1: therefore I have to apologise oh. I mean <laughs> I'm, that, sor- I'm sorry if you were I'm offended sorry, yeah, I'm sorry if you took offence of what I did I I, I thought it was a, a, awful behaviour thought was completely inappropriate and to be honest I'm surprised he hasn't resigned yet yeah Um but when you're doing
0: that in the full glare of the world it shows a certain yeah. sense yeah
1: and like for the, I'm sure there's been a, there has been a lot of progress made by the teams who've qualified for this World Cup and advancing the women's game in their country and, and more broadly with the, with the World Cup generally but you know we turn again to the clarifying figure of Gianni Infantino with his uh with his equality speech on the eve of the World Cup final. Yes, remind saying, remind people there. It's up to you. I think it's up to thing. you. I mean, basically, we have empowered women. Now we're listening. Pick the right battles, and we will listen. And, you know so okay. that I mean, implicitly, that saying, well, a woman will never sit in the in in the seat of power here. But you know, we're so progressive, we might even listen to you.
0: Yeah. So that was it. Because I, I was off. So again, you have to see things, and I saw headlines. In effect, he was like, pick your battles, and your masters will. Yeah, we're, we're more we're open, and we listen.
1: might listen. You know. Um. Why?
0: Why is he so kind of? I, I can't. I mean, I, I. I think the technical term is he gives me the ick. Yeah. And the the runners and the suit and just the ego and the astonishing, isn't it? Wh- what is it about him that just screams? You know, I, in another weird. ten in another ten years when there's another fever scandal, they'll say, "Did you have suspicions?" <laughs> like, I really did. You know, I I felt something was off.
1: I can't understand why so many people find him charismatic. Uh, I, that maybe there is a certain charisma there. He certainly cultivated almost a celebrity, a celebrity figure. Like I mean, he initially when he first took the job, he was talking about flying like I'll fly economy class on EasyJet, and instead he spent the, most of the Women's World Cup, or certainly the start of it, uh, jetting off in a private jet to like the. Cook Islands or whatever lo- other small little FIFA um, FIFA affiliate members are around them pressing the flesh to make sure obviously that's good that's good politics but you know, he attended far fewer games of this World Cup than he did the main's one okay um, yeah y- you know there's this celebrity figure about Gianni Infantino we saw him in Qatar man mark Messi to the podium mm. yesterday like the referee and the officials team had their photo taken and he got in among them that, that was one I what I saw what was that about you don't need to be. I don't think they need
0: you I don't think they want you there
1: not at all <laughs> you know and um, yeah and then even like he presented like, as far did he present medals no maybe I, actually I can't remember whether he presented the medals he was not. first on stage he was first on stage and I just remember because Lucy Bronze blanked him Okay, uh, again you don't see that in the men's game but uh, yeah the 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 cult of Infantino I'll mind my uh, pronunciations there uh, baffles me okay uh, broad final
0: thoughts on World Cup at large I've seen um, initial wonderings if America's grasp on world football is on the way and then Europe is about to step into the breach as one Yeah. jump to a conclusion they were going for three in a row I think that'd be okay but you know jump to conclusion possibility Europe going to get stronger uh, so that's one kind of theme from the 2023 World Cup? What would you say about it in broad terms? How it'll be remembered?
1: Uh, I think it will be remembered as the biggest one ever. It, it, I think it will be remembered as one of the one of the real turning points that this, has become, this is going to become a major event now. You would hope that fewer... You know, you would hope the next time you make a qualify, the Marley family uh, trust won't have to fund them all that way. So maybe those kind of um, tangible, we'll hold our breath for those more tangible legacies. But, you know, I'll remember, like, enjoy all World cups, just how much I love it uh, and how much I'll miss being able to tune into games at 11 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Spoken like a man with too much time in his hands. <laughs> My God.
0: Preach, Joe. Me and Mick were talking the other day. 11 killed us. We would have been better off 7, 8 a.m. once. Really, eleven was when you—that's you that's, that's our prime getting errands done time. Like that's <laughs> you're just sitting there in your own filth, you know. We—that's when appointments are eleven. But uh, yeah. no, it was very good, and um, I know it's 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 the thing we'll be saying it about every women's World Cup probably for the next ten of them, biggest one ever. Yeah, but
1: this one did feel uh, different to previous incarnations I would say just and I, you see it through the extent to which Australia got, got on board like I mean the, like the Matildas were like the nation's fervour this month and I think they've kind of crossed they've crossed into a level of um, yeah public support that I, that is not they're, they're not going to retreat from mm. I don't think mm. um, and in fairness like do we say it about every men's world cup certainly FIFA say that it's the biggest and best one ever so um, that uh you know that that FIFA ballyhooing will be attached to the Women's World Cup as well. Okay. Well, the Women's World Cup shown off
0: the ball is with thanks to Sure Nonstop Protection Deodorant, official sponsor of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Gavin Cooney, the 42. Thank you.
1: Cheers. The Women's World Cup show on off the ball with Sure Nonstop Protection Deodorant, official sponsor of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023.